Hey folks, if you're listening to this, you probably already know this, but it's possible you don't. All of your stats are available over at puttcraft.com. You can click on the stats button or just go to puttcraft.com backslash stats. Um, a page that I'm going to work on a little bit because it is pretty basic and pretty raw um, and not sortable on your end, which I don't know if it ever will be. But it's something that I'm I'm definitely looking into fixing and and, and just making a little bit better from from a user experience um, standpoint. So puttcraft.com backslash stats, all of your stats. Period. <laughs> Welcome in everybody to the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Quite a bit to get to today, and the NFL draft is tonight, so I'm going to get started right away. Not like that isn't what I always do. Um, upcoming events. Let's chat a little bit about upcoming events. Our next event, May 12th, we will be returning to Dred Scott, I believe on the one-year anniversary of our last event at Dred Scott. And let me talk a little bit about Dred Scott. A couple of you have expressed an interest of moving the event a day. Uh, in either direction, and I hear you, but unfortunately, I don't want to set that precedent, and the simple reason is because somebody may have May 12th as the only date that they can come to, and if we move it to the 13th, or the 11th, or the 19th, or the 5th, then they're not going to be able to come. So while I, I, I see your, your comments and, and uh, I, I appreciate it, I appreciate you wanting to participate, um, I, I, I can't set the precedent of um, moving events at, at a few re- people's requests. Um, as, flattered, as flattering as it is, uh, thank you again. Thank you, thank you. I'm so, I'm so excited that you want to participate, um, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not going to do that at this time. So... I will tell you this, we are going to have a lot of events this summer, and I'm going to stagger them. Weekends, weeknights, um, you know, there's not going to be necessarily a dedicated night of the week. Um, I know some of you have expressed interest in doing that, but if I choose Thursdays or if I choose Tuesdays, then some of you might say, well, I can't do Thursdays or I can't do Tuesdays. So that's why I like to stagger it. Um, We'll get to the Match Play Masters in a second, Uh, but I have put on the calendar the date for the Lily Putt or Lily Putt Open 1.0, which will be Thursday, June 2nd. And then I've got another one coming up right after that that I have not quite announced yet. Um, uh, so we're going to be very busy this summer. We're going to have plenty of events. Uh, so I appreciate you wanting to get to all of them, uh, but I understand that that's not always going to be a possibility. Match Play Masters, uh, May 21st and 22nd. Of course, the seeding show or the seeding reveals show will be on May 20th. That event is going to take place officially at Eagle Lake in Plymouth, um, a really, really, really nice secluded 18-hole course uh, that I am a really big fan of, and I think it'll be an awesome place to do a match a match play event. We'll talk a little bit more about about that uh, in the coming weeks. Here we are still just under a month out, um, so we've we, we we've got it set. Match Play Masters taking this year taking place at Eagle Lake in Plymouth, Minnesota. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about 
I guess we're calling it officially the Golf Zone Open 1.0. It's the first Golf Zone Open of the new league year and the first event of the new league year. Sean Brown, your winner, sets a course record 33 on the front 18 um, and completes the first official 100% BEP, which is uh, no bogeys, essentially. He had no bogeys or worse uh, throughout the whole event. And I know it's not, you know, it's it's not a perfect game, if you will, but it's kind of the equivalent of a no-hitter, but it also might be a perfect game. It's tough to say. Um, it's uh, it's very impressive. It has yet to be, it is yet to be done, um, and we've played, oh, I'm not sure how many individual rounds, and I don't even dare to guess, um, but a lot. Well, you know what? I actually don't need to guess because I have this information here. So... Uh, the number of rounds that we have played in Puttcraft history, and uh, there's been 235 uh, essential registrations. So that's if you double that, that's 470. This is the f- one of 470. And perfect games in baseball happen very rarely. Um, definitely less uh, uh, common than one in 470. So this, I guess, would be a no hitter. Uh, what's a perfect game? I'm not sure yet. We'll figure that out later. Uh, But congratulations to Sean Brown on the 100% BEP uh, at the Golf Zone Open. And congrats goes out as well. Well, congrats to all of you for participating and, 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 you know, uh, busting up records and and, and doing your best, all that good stuff. Matt Rolstead, second place, 15 under par, would have been uh, good enough to win either of the other two Golf Zone Opens. one took place in December and then one again in January. Um, so I know a very frustrating feeling uh, for Matt Rolstead. Um, and if you look at the data, which I have in front of me here, uh, there is, you know, one hole that sticks out, and that's 17. Um, Sean Brown went par-par, uh, although that second one could have just as easily been an ace, probably should have been. And Matt Rolstead went 3-3. And there's your difference right there. Real simple. Um, so obviously, there's it's not real simple. There's a lot more to it than that. But um, So Sean Brown, 16 under par, uh, including a course record 33 in the first ever 100% BEP. Matt Rolstead, 15 under par, uh, including a tie of the previous course record of 34 on his back 18. Dan Wesley in third at 11 under. Joel Brown in his second event in fourth at nine under. Sean Anderson with his first top five finish, I believe, uh, in fifth at nine under. RJ Dusak in sixth at eight under. Josh Banesh in seventh at six under. Sam Lapadat in eighth at five under. I love saying that name. That'll never get old. Uh, and now as soon as I say Lapadat, I'm thinking about Benish. I got it. Josh ben- Benish. Yeah. Okay. See? I hadn't thought about that for like four days, but now it's all I can think about. I don't like pausing and editing podcasts, so it's staying in. Daryl Hummony, Canadian which I learned this last week, 400 par, uh, in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth place in 10th place, Brady Storhoff at 300 par in 10th, Matt Wyman, even par, 
uh, struggled on hole 14 with an eight, um, was very much in the mix after the first 18. He went 36-48. And it is, it's one of the fascinating elements of you know, competition is when the camera comes. And I mean, Matt Wyman's a a college football player. He's, he's used to competition. He's fine. Um, but I, I, I do love towards the end when things get a little tighter just to kind of see, uh, see, see what happens to the scores. Um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Sorry. I keep losing count. Robin Schwartzman in 12th place at one over par. Kathleen Malone in 13th place at four over par and John Maddening in 14th place at seven over par. Overall, some very good scores. Uh, Congratulations, folks. Uh, A a very, very stacked event. A very, very impressive event. And um, had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun on Friday night. Would have preferred to have been outdoors. uh, But, you know, Minnesota is Minnesota. So let's talk a little bit about hole 15 which we've continuing have continued to see struggles on an average score of 2.71 this time around with not a single score uh, below par. Uh, The last time uh, we only had one ace with a 2.95 average and that one ace belonged to Adam DeVore. And then the time previous we had Looks like a couple aces here. Uh, A 3.41 was the average score. Uh, There were some really high scores that day. So that's what brings that average up high. Ritter Lincoln with a one and Daryl Hummony with a one. So only three aces all time on hole 15 at Golf Zone. You know, if we were to build a, in fact, I'm going to write this down because I think this is a cool idea. A hardest um, course using each hole, right? The hardest hole one, the hardest hole two, the hardest hole three on the circuit. Um, hole 15, I think will be the golf zone. I don't know if there's a harder hole 15, um, uh, on the Puttcraft uh, circuit. Hardest course per, uh, I don't know how you would say this per hole. Be kind of fun to do that. Okay, um, so the struggles on 15 continue. I I would be fascinated to um, ask the um, architect of that hole what the what the thought process was in having two holes. Um, to me, if it were my course, I would have each each track would have multiple holes. And I would, I, I, I would have the stoppers on, on each of them. So we, so we could switch it up every now and again. Um, I wonder if that was the thought process there or what, cause it just seems so odd to me that there are just two holes. Um, yeah, there are some other holes at golf zone, but, uh, there are some other holes that have multiple holes. See, that's why I think track is the better word, but Tom and Robin, if you can help me with this one, um, uh, what, you know, I think you understand what I'm trying to say when I say hole four, the hole on hole four. It's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. The hole on track four, the hole on the holes on track 15, 
that seems right to me, but I'm having a trouble uh, getting getting used to it. So, okay. Um, will it go in? My uh, my wonderful wife, uh, Sheila, had this great idea of uh, the the will it go in videos on um, on Instagram, and I think they're hilarious. And I'm so glad that she did it because we're going to do this a lot. Um, we're going to try to, to, to pause the hole or excuse me, pause the putt a little bit further down the track. But I thought it was such a great idea. And, and, and I got to give a shout out to Sheila for coming up with that idea. She's uh, she's absolutely crushing it. Um, uh, you know, we're really enjoying the social media aspect of this because we can do it and we can be so much more loose about it with our other business. It, it's really tight and everything has to be really specific and really perfect. Um, and, and this allows us to, 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 um, let our, uh, loosen our tie a little bit and have a little bit more fun. Um, and, uh, and I, I appreciate you, uh, you all, um, participating, voting, all that fun stuff, having a blast with it. Okay, so next week's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about Dred Scott because we are now officially two weeks away from Dred Scott. I do have to apologize. I'd sort of made it known uh, last week that we were going to shoot for May 5th, and we were. But then I just kept looking at this freaking long-term forecast and being like, are we seriously going to dodge another 50 degree and rainy day? Like what is going on right now? So I said, let's, let's, let's push it one, uh, one more week to May 12th. Um, which is what we did. Uh, and like I mentioned before, we're going to schedule a bunch of events in June. I, I hesitate to tell you how many I want to schedule for June. Let me just say it's a lot. And, um, I told Sheila, how many I'm shooting for. And she was like, uh, that seems excessive. And, um, it's fine. I want to try some different nights. I don't think we've ever done, um, a Monday. I could be wrong, but I don't think we've ever done a Monday. I know we've done Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Now we've never done a Saturday and Sunday, although we are doing that for the match play masters. Um, so yeah. Okay. So I'm saving this to the end uh, of of the uh, of the podcast for a couple reasons. I'm going to riff on this for a little while, and I know that several of you have no interest in uh, what I'm about to talk about, but I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of all this, and that is let me let me paint a picture for you. Let me go pull up the course page here at Golf Zone. Sean knows what I'm talking about because he's been emailing me about it uh, all week. So not not all week, but a couple times. Big fan, Sean. Big fan. Okay. Um, so let's let's rewind. Let's go to hole. I want to say it's nine. It could be ten. It is nine. Hole nine golf zone. Now, keep in mind, I understand there are more than one hole track at the golf zone and that this what i'm about to uh, explain here is a little bit of a problem because as i mentioned several times in the past we have to be consistent the rules have to be black and white okay so june july of last year we stopped penalizing ada exits we should have never been penalizing them in the first place first off which is my bad so there is an, uh, excuse me, an ADA entrance or exit. 
Hole nine, there is an ADA entrance exit, possibly. Now, I got the ruler out. If you look at the picture on puttcraft.com, it's right to the right of that blue garbage can. And there's a walkway, a path that leads around it or, or leads up to it. Now, let me be very clear. The rule states, and will continue to state, I believe, that if your ball exits over the top of an ADA entrance, there is no penalty. And you can reset your ball where it exited the ADA entrance. That rule is that rule, and it's going to stay intact. If it goes over the top of an area that is not an ADA entrance, you are out of bounds. Okay? So, well, 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 how do you tell the difference, right? You draw a line straight up from each corner of where that ADA entrance starts. And if it goes to the left or to the right um, of the outside ones, it's out of bounds. If it goes right over the top, it's inbounds. Now, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Here's where it becomes much less simple and straightforward. The wall height on hole nine is two inches. The ADA entrance exit on that hole is one inch. So it is shorter, but it's not flat. Okay? It it really, really, really should be flat. Okay? Because that's, I mean, I don't know a lot about ADA rules, but I, I, I feel as though for it to be effective, it should be flat. Okay? So, ultimately, we did not penalize the ball that went over that ADA entrance because even though it was raised up an inch, because, again, it is an ADA entrance. Okay? But there's a couple of other tricky spots on the course. One of those tricky spots, well, there's two real tricky spots. One is really sticky, and I'm going to save that to the end here. Um, if you look at hole four, now, hole four it would be pretty difficult for your ball to go out on that ADA entrance, um, basically straight behind that brick. You can kind of see it. It's kind of, it's, it's lower, but that is right now technically an ADA entrance and exit. Um, hole two has one to the back left section of the hole. Again, it's raised up, but it's raised up very, very, very slightly. Okay. And again, these are all ADA entrances. We will continue to play them as ADA entrances, right? Straightforward. Read, it's it's lower than the, than the wall, right? The wall's two inches. These are one inches, of course. And there's a walking path that comes to and from it. Of course, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Straightforward. Black and white, black and white, black and white. Okay. So let's go to hole 14. Okay. Where there also happens to be a slightly lowered wall that attaches to a walkway that just happens to be directly behind the hole. Okay. So if we were to play the rule as it is stated, and again, I don't want to have a discussion or a debate about whether or not our rules are going to be black and white. They're going to be black and white. They have to be. Okay. I really, 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 really want to avoid one-off exceptions to the rule, right? And here is an example of a one-off exception to the rule. Those walls behind that hole, those holes, the one in the, the middle and on the right, are lower. 
They just are. Okay. If you look at the hole to the far left, that's a two to three inch wall. Okay. That is not, and it leads to rocks. The other two are much smaller. We'll just leave it at that. I don't know what the exact height is. And they leave to a walkway. By definition, that's an ADA entrance and exit. By definition. So can you just tee it up and just shoot it right up over the top of that hole? Re-tee and have the easiest two of your life? There's a couple people who would love to take a two on 14. I see a four. I see an eight. I see a seven. Okay. So... This is where things get tricky, okay? And again, we, I, have to uh, get this tightened up, okay? And I apologize that it isn't as tight as it could or should be um, because, again, a whole nine is, I mean, it's one inch versus two inch. It's shorter. By definition, that's an ADA entrance and exit. Okay? So, and again, I don't want this to get cloudy here. If the ball goes over the wall, the two inch section of the wall, that's out of bounds. That's straight up out of bounds. Period. On hole nine now, I'm talking. Okay? To the left of that garbage can, if you're looking at the photo. Okay, anything to the right of it, that's ADA entrance and exit. So, um... What I want to avoid is a rule, but then an exception to the rule on one hole. I don't like that. Okay. Because there's going to come a point in the future when there's not 10 courses on the circuit. There's a lot more. And we need to be as consistent as we possibly can. And hole 14 at Golf Zone, from an ADA entrance and exit standpoint, is is a problem it is um and i i i don't actually have a good answer so um there has been a suggestion made that none of these walls are ada and the reason being is because they're not flat and i understand that and i'm not against that is that we're saying okay they have to be flat the ADA entrance and exit, by definition, is flat from the course onto the, the walkway. Flat. Okay. So then, which, which, I, which, which I could probably get behind. Okay. That would eliminate all ADA entrances and exits from the, from the golf zone. The problem with that is then we get into a question about how flat is flat. Is a quarter of an inch flat? Is a half of an inch flat? Is an eighth of an inch flat? Is a sixteenth? You see where I'm going with this, right? And I love this, just so you know. I, I know some of you are rolling your eyes. <clears throat> They've probably been rolled, or you turned it off a long time ago, which technically means this conversation never happened for you. Um, but I love it. I, I love this controversial stuff. I don't love it in the moment. If I'm being honest with you, because as in with Moose Mountain, where I said, yes, it counts if the ball drops in and drop and comes out. And I had to I had to retract that later on. Um, I don't love it in the moment, um, but I love talking about it beforehand and, and afterwards. And I, I think it's fun because and, and I think your opinions are great. They're, they're, they're interesting. And, and I want to hear what your thoughts are. Um, 
yeah, so kind of a kind of an open-ended discussion there. Okay, folks, that is all for this week. Next week, we will do a full Dred Scott open preview, look at each hole, um, let you know why I think the the course record is going to get going to be obliterated. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the Match Play Masters. And also, Lilliput has new carpet, I was told, um, which is awesome. So, yeah, excited for that. That event, June 2nd, Thursday night. Um, that's it for today, folks. Have a great rest of your night.